Well, it's, it's so good to be back with you all. Uh, if we haven't met before, my name is Matt Schneider. I'm one of the uh, clergy staff at the, the Advent in downtown Birmingham. Um, I spent about a year and a half when I was last here for, um, I think it was a Christmas lessons and carol service you all had, so it was about a, a year and a half ago that I was here. Um, so delighted to be here and allow Wes uh, Sharp, your new rector, to probably take a much needed uh, vacation this week with the Memorial Day uh, weekend. Um, I want to talk to you about the uh, passage from Acts. Uh, the Ascension passage and Thursday was the um, Feast of the Ascension, but we still have, um, this is the Sunday after Ascension, so that's why that, <coughs> that passage appears today. Um, but before I do that, I just want to talk to you about something that relates to that passage, I think. Uh, are you all aware of the, um, the bomb threats that have been happening with the Jewish Community Center uh, in, the, in the Birmingham area, <coughs> the JCC? My family and I are members of the JCC, and uh, they've had bomb threats for the past six months or so, one a month, uh, sometimes a little bit more frequently, and they've all turned out to be benign, although the threat of anti-Semitism is not benign. Uh, there were no bombs, but people are on, on high alert, you know, with this, and uh, a matter of fact, one day my wife, who's pregnant, we're expecting our third child next month, uh, she was in a yoga class there, and they had to be evacuated because there was a bomb threat, and so she kind of waddled out um, with her pregnant self, with her and our um, unborn child, you know, with the, the threat and everybody else being evacuated from this class. And later that day, um, you know, I was thinking about it, uh, the terror that we see often at a distance filtered through the media now I'm experiencing acutely, we are in our own lives um, with this threat. And uh, of course, I, I thought it's going to amount to nothing, but, but still, you know, I mean, this is something that I just thought wouldn't experience in my own life. But here uh, we are um, with this behavior right here in Birmingham, Alabama. And we see it going on around the world, uh, you know, at pain of death. Even last week in Manchester, England, the amphitheater attack, the concert, uh, the shooting, um, and then just a couple few days ago, there was a shooting of a, a, a Coptic Christian bus in Egypt. In both instances, I think about 20 or so people died. Someone emailed me the story when it happened about the Manchester attack, and I opened it up, and I, I, I just saw the photo with bodies under tarps, and I couldn't even read it. I don't, I don't even know the details. I don't know how many people exactly. I don't know. I heard it was a particular pop star. I just can't take it anymore, you know? I mean, I needed to kind of keep it at bay. I know it's happened, but I'm kind of numb to all this stuff. And the same with the, the um, Coptic Christian story as well. Um, I just don't want to read it anymore, which has its own problems. And when these kinds of things happen uh, <coughs> around the world, as they're always happening, you know, this isn't new. This has been going on forever. Um, but, you know, when these things happen, so many of us cry out for justice. Uh, we want justice, and, and we want hope. We hope for peace, uh, that peace will happen and justice will prevail. I mean, just think about the, um, the conflicts over the police shootings the last couple years and the different solutions that people have to that and who's at fault and who isn't, or the different mass shootings that have happened here domestically, especially in schools. Some say gun control is the answer, and some say we need to arm the teachers, and 
you know, nowhere between the two, there seems to be an agreement about w- how justice will come about and whether there will be any hope for peace or war um, <clears throat> in the Middle East, mounting even more and more with Syria, now Russia, North Korea, uh, constantly infiltrated with this sort of information in our media feeds. And again, when we see this, you know, we often are crying for the justice. Where's the justice? Where's the peace? And more importantly, who will bring it about and how? Who's going to fix it? And how are they going to fix it? On the day of Jesus Christ's ascension, 40 days after his resurrection, uh, (coughs) up to heaven, the disciples, before he's ascended, the disciples are with him and they ask him, Lord... Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Uh, They asked the resurrected Christ, Lord, at this time, will you restore the kingdom to Israel? They were asking a very similar question to the one uh, that we often ask about justice and peace, hoping that the resurrected Jesus would drive out the uh, Roman armies from occupied Israel uh, and restore Israel's rightful national sovereignty. Uh, They've lived in occupied territory all their lives. Israel has not uh, been sovereign during their lifetime. It's a Greco-Roman society. The Roman armies and political powers are the ones who are really in power. (coughs) And the so-called Judean kings are just puppet kings uh, for uh, the Roman Empire. And when they ask him this question, Jesus hears it and corrects them but he doesn't reject the validity of their concern. Uh, of course, uh, they're right to be concerned. This isn't the first time that Israel uh, has been occupied by a foreign state. You, you read the Old Testament, and this happens over and over again. Uh, so they're right to want justice and peace. But they now have an entirely new mission that Jesus explains to them, one they didn't seem to expect. Their mission isn't to drive the Romans out with military and political might. Their mission is to share the gospel to all the world, the good news of Jesus Christ, to share the gospel to all the world, even uh, counterintuitively to the Romans, (laughs) the very ones that they would want to drive out of their nation. And so now is not the time for final restoration. To answer their question, is now the time that you will restore the kingdom to Israel? No, not yet. Now is not the time to bring about final restoration. Rather, it's the generation of spreading the news of redemption through Jesus Christ, what people call the already but not yet. You know, redemption has already happened. Restoration has not yet come. And so we still live in this world with all its uh, pain and sorrow. And so Jesus says to them, instead, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And in fact, we see at the end of this very book of Acts, they end up finally with Paul's ministry in Rome, which is the capital of the known world, um, that, that, that the message is being spread to all the earth. Uh, in other words, redemption has occurred, but virtually no one knows about it. Uh, they know, the disciples know, they were eyewitnesses. That's why we say they've, they've wit- they're, they, they're witnessing to what they've seen um, with their own eyes. And they must share this news not only with Israel, but even uh, to the Gentiles, including the Romans. This is their mission. 
Uh, and I want to say to you that we live in the same generation of God's redemptive history as the apostles did. Uh, this is uh, the era of the church that people will describe as the church militant. Another way to say the visible church. That, uh, that's, the, uh, the, that's contrasted with the, the church triumphant, the invisible church, the home hoped for church at the, uh, the, the, the final restoration. Uh, this is uh, life in the already but not yet restored creation. In other words, we live here and now. You know, we live here and now where local Jewish community su- uh, centers and suburbs are receiving bomb threats. We live here and now where amphitheaters in Manchester, England are having shootings. We're living here and now where there are shootings of buses. Uh, we're living here and now where war still uh, prevails uh, against nations. Um, but... Uh, there were bigger concerns, actually, for the disciples than Israel's national sovereignty and Rome, who was occupying their country. Uh, and this is true for us, too. Our and their ultimate national identity is actually in the new Jerusalem, the new heavens and earth, that holy city. And our and their terrorizing power is the ancient foe, the serpent. Um, sin, the flesh, and the devil, this is, uh, these are our enemies. Um, not Rome per se. Rome was a sort of pawn for those underlying powers. Uh, it's the, vi- the visible manifestation of evil, and yet a pawn to the underlying power of the, the ancient foe. And so they're engaged in a cosmic battle between heaven and hell, actually, uh, and empowered on their side by the Holy Spirit, and emboldened by the gospel of salvation of sheer grace through Jesus Christ, a salvation available to Romans and Samaritans and even Americans, uh, that that uh, on, on, on our side in this generation is the thing that emboldens and empowers not only the disciples, but us as well engaged in, uh, in an unseen cosmic battle between heaven and hell. At uh, the Advent, uh, we have a 5 p.m. Uh, service Sunday evening, uh, and I'm the pastor of that community. And uh, we, are, we have like a top 40 uh, hit list of songs that we'll, we'll often sing at that service. And one of our songs that we've been singing for the past year is called It Is Finished. Uh, and the, the, some of the lyrics of that song speak to what I'm trying to get across to you today. Uh, let me read two uh, stanzas from that song for you. It is finished. He has done it. Let your weary heart rejoice. Our redemption is accomplished. Raise a shout with ragged voice. And go bravely into battle, knowing he has won the war. It is finished. Lift your head and weep no more. It is indeed finished. The, the redemption, as the song says, has been accomplished. Uh, as Christ said on the cross when he hung there, it is finished. You know, it's, it's, it's done. And, and not only is redemption accomplished, we know from uh, Revelation, the end of Revelation, that our final hope and restoration of the new heavens and a new earth uh, and the, the conquering of that ancient foe will happen. Uh, to a certain extent, it, it, it is finished in that respect as well. Um, and by the way, people are often sort of afraid to read Revelation. And I get it. I mean, it's kind of a funky uh, book to sit down with. But the very end, chapters 20 and 21 and the first few uh, five verses of chapter 22, I think are actually quite straightforward. And one of my favorite places in the Bible, because it, 
is the image of the final hope that we have, that I have, and gives me uh, great comfort. Let me read to you um, just uh, a little bit of the end of 20 and a little bit of the beginning of uh, chapter 21 from Revelation, which paints the picture of this final hope and uh, in that cosmic battle. The devil who had uh, deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And then skipping ahead, he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. As the song that I read to you said once again, It is finished. He has done it. Um, let your weary heart rejoice. Our redemption is accomplished, and you could also add to that our final restoration will be accomplished. Raise a, a shout with ragged voice, and I love these two lines. And go bravely into battle, knowing he has won the war. You know, the chances are that uh, bomb threats at a local Jewish community center and uh, terror attacks uh, as they continue to happen <clears throat> in wars around the world uh, actually aren't here uh, in Alabama the things that are keeping you up at night, um, giving you sleepless nights. It's, it's probably the stuff that's closer to home. I mean, I'll even admit the day that my wife was evacuated from the JCC with a bomb threat, that's not what gave me concern that night. Uh, there were other things in my life that were touching me more acutely. You know, the everyday alienations of life, from spilling your coffee on the console of your car to dropping your uh, new iPhone in the toilet and then trying to figure out which one it is you, you want to replace it, and all the endless choices. Don't go on to Pinterest. You know, it's just a black hole of the Internet. Uh, anything on the Internet, you know, can just suck you in and make you feel like uh, you don't have enough and you need this thing. Or the person on your way to church this morning who is behind you and honking at you and riding your tail because you are in their way and not going fast enough and they would like you to move. I mean, the dehumanization of that kind of stuff in life to anything from surprise uh, cancer diagnoses, uh, heart conditions, uh, divorce, bankruptcy, and everything in between. Chances are that those are the things, if, if I know you like I know myself, uh, are, that are giving you a sleepless night. And I want to say, don't trivialize that stuff. Do not trivialize that stuff in comparison to the Manchester attack in England because these are part of that larger cosmic battle between heaven and hell. Uh, these sufferings of everyday life are the outlying skirmishes of a war that's already been won. It is finished. He has done it. Uh, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. About three years ago, there was a, a, a Japanese uh, man who died. He was 91 years old. And he was a Japanese veteran of World War II. Uh, and, and when he died, it kind of made the, the rounds in the news because of his, his life story. It was really interesting. He uh, was engaged in espionage activity in the Philippines when the war ended and didn't know the war was over and stayed there for a very long time. And I was thinking about that story in relation to what I'm trying to talk to you about today. And so I looked it up online and found uh, this version of, this, of his life story. I'm going to read it to you. It's a few paragraphs. And I'm going to, unfortunately, butcher every Japanese name. Uh, but bear with me. 
Hiro Onoda's orders were clear, to protect the Philippine island of Lubang from enemy attack and not to surrender under any circumstances. He followed these orders diligently and was still doing so 29 years after World War II ended. Onoda and three other soldiers survived and refused to surrender to an allied occupation of the island beginning in 1945. And they hid in the mountains for the next three decades, engaging in guerrilla activities with local officials. Immediately after the war's conclusion, and again in 1952, leaflets were airdropped over the mountains to let Onoda's men know that the war was over. But they concluded that the news was an allied trick and refused to capitulate. <laughs> In 1974, after Anoda's three comrades had either uh, surrendered or been killed and Anoda himself presumed dead, a Japanese college student backpacked through the area and discovered Anoda. Still skeptical and loyal to his orders, Anoda refused to surrender until his former commanding officer issued the command. Major Yoshimi Tanaguchi, uh, who was currently working as a bookseller, flew to the Philippines and formally relieved Anoda of duty. Though perhaps the most famous Japanese holdout, Anoda was not the only one or even the last to be found. Shoichi Yokoi was discovered in Guam in 1972 and Teruwa Nakamura was discovered in Indonesia nine months after Anoda's release. So many of us are like Anoda when it comes to the gospel. Uh, the good news of Jesus Christ's redemption. The world war uh, is over, yet life feels like uh, living on the island of Lubang, the island of the already but not yet, occupied territory. You know, Northern Ireland, or as my Virginia friends say, Northern Virginia is occupied ter where all, uh, territory where all the Yankees live. You know, that's what life feels like uh, on the island of Lubang, the already but not yet. The war is over and we don't even know it. And not only that, we won't hear it. Uh, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is like that leaflet drop of the news on the mountains uh, letting us know that the war is over, but we think it's some sort of uh, trick. It's fake news. You know, I, can't, I won't believe it. It's fake news. I will not capitulate. Uh, I can't believe it. Free grace from God sounds too good to be true. The war cannot be over. Uh, but our commanding officer has flown in from his bookstore and relieved us of duty. And instead, he tells us to share this news of relief to all the other holdouts. And that's like the, the commission that Jesus gives them. No, now's not the time to bring restoration of the kingdom to Israel. Instead, I'm giving you this mission to share the gospel to all of Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. That our redemption is accomplished and we know our restoration with God will happen. Uh, we live in light of this good news, uh, the gospel, the leaflet drop. May the eyes of our hearts be enlightened to know the knowledge of this hope. May our lives be loud, ragged shouts of joy. May we set the holdouts free and bear faithful witness uh, to their and our Redeemer. And may the Holy Spirit empower us to do so bravely, knowing that Jesus has already won the war and now reigns at the right hand of the Father in heaven and will one day indeed return to bring the longed-for justice and hope of peace. Amen.